Welcome to the sermon podcast of Christ Lutheran Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. We are glad that you are here. At Christ Church, we believe that God is alive in Holy Scripture, inspiring, challenging, and guiding us today. As we journey through the Bible together, we bring our hopes, our pain, our questions, and our doubts, trusting Jesus to meet us here full of grace. Christ Lutheran Church is a special place of healing. May the word of God bless you today. The Holy Gospel according to Luke in the 14th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. On one occasion, when Jesus was going to the house of a leader of the Pharisees to eat a meal on the Sabbath, They were watching him closely. When he noticed how the guests chose the place of honor, he told them a parable. Jesus said, when you are invited by someone to a wedding banquet, do not sit in the place of honor in case someone more distinguished than you has been invited by the host. And the host who invited both of you may come to you and say, Uh, Give this person your place. And then, in disgrace, you would start to take the lowest place. Now, instead, when you are invited, go and sit down in the lowest place. So that when your host comes, he may say to you, friend, move on up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. For all who exalt themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. He said also to the one who had invited him, And when you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends or your brothers and sisters or your relatives or rich neighbors in case that that they may invite you in return and you would be repaid? No. Instead, when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind, and you will be blessed because they cannot repay you, for you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. And this is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. We've been learning about the fruits of the Spirit in this summer sermon series, and today we are talking about the spirit of generosity. Now, generosity, uh, I just want to say at the beginning, because this, this was really interesting to me, it's not, it's not what I was, uh, it's not in my notes, but I, I learned this week, it, looking at other interpretations of the Bible, Most of them interpret that passage from Galatians where the fruits of the Spirit are listed. Most of them uh, translate the word generosity as goodness. And that word uh, that is the Greek word that's translated as generosity or goodness. I know, Eric, I know. 
when you when you look at that word, most places it is translated as goodness. But the uh, several versions of the Bible, including this one that we're using, translates the word as generosity, which is just really interesting to me. I was thinking that you could have a generous person who's not necessarily good, right? You can you can have people who are really good at at giving. To people, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they are good. But it's very hard for me to think about a person who is good, who is not generous. People who are good tend to be generous, and so that's why the Bible uh, go it struggles a little bit with is the word what's the word is the word goodness is the word generosity yes, and but we'll use generosity. We've been learning about generosity, and I think generosity is best understood in people that we've seen embody generosity. We could talk about, uh, as we did, the the list of things that that make someone generous that we think of when we think about generosity. But I think the best way to think about generosity is to think about people that we can think of who embody generosity. David Kamamia is the embodiment of of generosity. He's an old friend of mine. Uh, David and I worked together in Kenya uh, when we were building churches and, and schools years ago. Uh, our job together, we, we hosted groups of Americans uh, who would come to help out on a build for a couple of days. There was a lot of logistics that were involved in that, and David was a pro at the logistics of, of hosting groups and, 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 and helping Americans adapt to a different culture. Uh, he was a great liaison. Uh, he was such a hard worker. Uh, and and uh, he, he had this spirit of generosity that made him excel in this work. He would show up at work. He would have to ride his bike for miles to get there. He would show up eager to serve Generous with his energy, generous with his kindness and his devotion to his work. David was generous with his love. And to know David's love and friendship was to feel like really honored. Like he, he made you feel like the honored guest where, wherever you were to be a friend of David's. And he was not just generous in public at his job. He, he was generous at home. He was generous with his spouse, with his children. Uh, he was taking care of some nieces and nephews. And he was truly good as a generous person. But at times, David's generosity could be a little overwhelming. At times, I, I, I might feel a little embarrassed because of how generous he was being, the way it would just pour out of him. And we, we would work the same job, uh, but he would do it like 200 times beyond me. And at the end of that day, I would be exhausted, and David would see how exhausted I was, and then he would begin to try and help me with my exhaustion. It was a little, a little embarrassing because he was so generous. People who met David were quickly struck by this generosity and his eager sincerity, and they never forgot it. To this day, people ask me about David. What's going on with David? And it wasn't just that David was like an energizer bunny of selfless giving. He was so good. It was true. David told me the many times that I would thank him for just being him, that God is the one who gave him this gift. 
The fruit of the Spirit is generosity. And I bet that you can think of of people like David in your life. I bet you can think of people uh, who have this spirit of generosity. Maybe maybe it was a grandparent or or, uh, an older person in your life who loved to feed you. Do you have somebody like that? Maybe a parent, a grandparent, a a friend, a relative who just loved to, to feed you. That's how a lot of us know the spirit of generosity from somebody they show it in food. Every week here at church, right? Every week here, we enjoy the generosity of those who prepare food for us to share. And it's not just for the sake of filling our stomachs. I would say it's not even mainly about filling our stomachs, but it's to feed our time of fellowship, to gather us around a table for the the few minutes that we have to catch up on our weeks and to be in in relationship and community with the people we've been praying with and worship and worshiping God with. Most Sunday afternoons, it's it's a spirit of generosity that is at work in Marcia and, and Bridget and, and Lita and Jim and, and, and Ellen so often. And, and the Utuks would make this big feast for us. Uh, and so many of you, and, and you can think of generations of people in this congregation who set tables upon tables upon tables of generosity for the sake of feeding the body and the soul of Christ's Lutheran Church. You know that you have been blessed when the spirit of generosity shows up. When the Apostle Paul wrote to this church, he wrote in this letter where we get the fruits of the spirit, he wrote it in, in a letter to a church in a town called Galatia. He wrote about these fruits of the spirit. It was his hope that this church, this new young church, this struggling church would know exactly what it takes to become a community of faith, to be a people who can grow together in relationship from so many different backgrounds and walks of life and cultures in Galatia, what they would need to grow in faith and community and to grow in faith with God. They would need these particular gifts to do what they were being called to do, to live a life together and to serve. It is the fruit of the spirit that fills the orchard for the people of God to feast on and to nourish our life and our work together. The Holy Spirit gives us things like love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Did, Dr. Did, did Pastor Swan talk about kindness last week? The Spirit of God gives us kindness, gives us generosity. And it is for the sake of this church, the church, and the church's mission. We need these things We need generosity to have a healthy and vibrant community that is able to be a special place of healing for those who gather here and those that we serve. It is God who helps us to be generous. Because I think on our own, it it would be a bit of a struggle. Things get in the way at times of our generosity. Sin, namely, sin is, is that which, which stands in the way. Sin would, would cause the fruit to rot and the community to starve. Sin could have its way. Without God's grace keeping that fruit ripe, 
and the community fed. Sin is the enemy of generosity. Because sin causes people and communities to fear that there isn't enough to be generous. God gives us all that we need in abundance and more for us to share, specifically love and forgiveness and belonging. There is enough of those things to go around. There is enough grace for us to share generously the good news that we are forgiven of sin, of past mistakes, and of the shame that you may carry. We don't need to treat forgiveness like a scarce commodity by making punishment the chief objective of justice when we can work to make pathways for accountability and correction, for reconciliation and restoration to the community. We can be generous with justice and mercy. And we don't need to treat belonging. We don't need to treat belonging in the community like it's some kind of country club, some kind of thing that you need a a membership for, not in the church. When Jesus welcomed the whole world into his family, we can be generous in our inclusion and enjoy the gifts of a diverse community with many different cultures and worship styles and backgrounds and experiences that only serve to enrich our lives. We don't need to fear that love will run out. When love flows from a source that is God's own heart, is an unending well of love. And so we can celebrate love freely given, generous. We can let ourselves fall in love with God and God's people more and more, even though we know that, that though we may have to then experience the pain of loss that comes with love, the love that we have shared with those that we lose, that love never ends. It's generous. So love generously. Be forgiven generously. And in time, enjoy the gifts of forgiving others generously. Welcome generously. This is the way of the Spirit which feeds the church with the fruit of generosity. We heard the gospel story today that that, that Jesus was invited to this supper at this religious leader's house. It was a Saturday afternoon. It was the meal served on the Sabbath. I'm curious, did anybody grow up going after church on a Sunday to a big meal? Yeah, Dave? <laughs> so Dave, t- today, since it's your birthday, this, the after church meal today would include a feast and a birthday cake. It would be a big celebration Maybe your Sunday dinner included a roast. Maybe it included fried chicken. It was was a command from God to take the Sabbath as a day of rest. You know, God didn't need some union to tell God that it was a good thing to give people a day off. Right. This was written into the code of God from the very beginning that, that everybody gets a Sabbath. God was generous with us in that way, that that we are called to serve God's community, to serve the garden, but take a day off for Christ's sake. 
Rest. Enjoy family. Enjoy food. Watch some football. Call your family. Enjoy the Sabbath. Take a nap. Jesus was enjoying just such a Sabbath. These religious leaders had invited him in for this Sabbath meal, but they were also very curious about him. They had maybe an ulterior motive of of having him at, at the family dinner that day. They had some concerns about what they had been hearing about Jesus. He was known to be quite generous with the company that he kept. He had gotten a reputation for being quite generous with the forgiveness of God that he was extending. He was exceedingly generous with who he was inviting to join his little family in the kingdom of God. He was pretty generous with how he was interpreting the law. A little loosey-goosey, some of them thought. So they invited him to dinner, and they were watching him very closely. Would he do something that they could use to dismiss him or accuse him? But it turns out that it was Jesus who was watching them, says Luke. Jesus was watching them, and he noticed some interesting things about his hosts. He noticed which guests took the best seats in the places of honor. He noticed who had been given an invitation and who seemed to be left on the outside. So Jesus, the invited guest of honor, at least we know now, gives a little hip pocket sermon at the dinner table. Hip pocket sermon is what in, in military chaplaincy we call the, the sermon that you give on the, in, on the spot, in the, in, the, the, in the moment, a little word somebody says, hey, we're about to step off in this mission. Can you give us a word? And you've got to come up with a, a sermon real quick. And that's what Jesus does. He gives a, he's just watching this at dinner and he says, <clears throat> if I might give a little word here. He says, you know, You shouldn't go after the best seat. Instead, be generous. Go look for the regular seats. I think he would say, you know, look for the kids' table. Is there a kids' table here? Go sit at the kids' table. It's going to be more fun there anyway. What's the worst that could happen? Is that somebody comes to you and tells you, no, please, join the grown-up table. We have a place for you here. Plus, I I think that that those watching somebody in that situation, they would see a person show such humility and they would think, wow, there's a good person. Isn't that interesting? They they could have sat any. That's where they sat. That's that's interesting. That's a humble fella. I'll give you a recent example of this parable in my life, but I'm I'm telling you this not to toot my own horn. This was a completely accidental humility born 100 percent out of my ignorance. But it was last month when I was away on active duty and part of the daily routine of this unit was to have a command unit brief, a cup. You know about these, Emma. So you know that, that in, in this meeting uh, happens every afternoon, 1600, uh, all the different section leaders from all the different uh, areas involved in this operation, they come together for a meeting with the commanding officer to give her a brief of, of how things are going with the operation, a, a, a kind of what's going well, what's, what are we facing tomorrow, what are some of the challenges, uh, how are we progressing in this mission. 
the CO in this situation, she's a Marine Lieutenant Colonel. And in this meeting that happens around a table next to her is the Sergeant Major and the Executive Officer. So these are big wigs, right? These are big wigs. And then around the table are other officers and senior enlisted who are all involved in different areas of overseeing these day-to-day operations. And this mission, which had a really amazing title of gunslinger, in this mission, these folks were overseeing the operations of hundreds of Marines and their helicopters and their medical issues and their weapons and their fuel and their water and their housing and their food, you name it, every detail. And a three-star general was going to be flying in from Washington, D.C. to observe this mission. So the pressure is very high. They've been preparing for a year for this. And I'm supposed to be at this meeting for reasons that I do not yet know. Because I am a pastor. What do I know about these things? What do I know about gunslinger? So it's time for the meeting on that first day. The people uh, gather around the table. The PowerPoint slide is up. Uh, Those putting it together have been working all day just on getting their slides right. Pressure is high. So I I find my seat too uh, far away from the table as I can get against the wall in the corner behind a pole next to the newest, youngest Marine there who is so terrified he will not look up from his boots. So that's my spot. The meeting's about to begin. I see the CO. She's taking her place. She's about to enter the room. And I see the sergeant major in the empty seat next to her scanning the room. And he is looking for somebody. And I'm worried about whoever he's looking for. Because it looks like somebody is about to get in trouble. And my job is to comfort them afterwards. To be there to, to help put that person back together again. And then he spots me. And he says, Chaps, you're here next to me. And I, I, I thought, me? And he doesn't repeat himself ever. So I, I, I take my things. I, I make my way past the junior Marines and then past the senior Marines. And, and then watch as this one confused major gathers his things and moves away from the table to find a, another spot. And I take my place next to the sergeant major as he yells, attention on deck, and everyone snaps to attention, and the CO walks past. Take your seats, she says, and then she says, chaps, I need you here next to me, every cup. Yes, ma'am. It's better to be invited to the table than to be asked to make room for someone else. And I'll tell you what, the generosity of my senior leaders changed my understanding of my role in that mission for the rest of our time together. CO, Sergeant Major, needed me next to them for the rest of our time together, and it would be proven why. Jesus teaches us to be generous, not only because it's a good thing to do, but our generosity has the power to lift up others, to show them that they are an honored guest, that you, you have a role here. You are more than you may expect in this place. Our generosity has the power to do that. You never know 
the way you may bless a person with love, with forgiveness, with belonging, how the way that you show them generosity may change the way that they view themselves. You may have empowered them to live more boldly, more gracefully, to walk more faithfully with God, to extend such generosity to others. In Romans, Paul encourages us to outdo one another in showing honor to each other. Let us enjoy the fruit of the Spirit to outdo one another in showing generosity in response to a God who has shown us such incredible generosity that we feel lifted and empowered to call ourselves that God's child. That we feel so empowered to be beneficiaries of God's generosity that we devote ourselves to following that God, trusting and believing that somehow through that God's generosity, we are going to be capable of helping that God's kingdom come into the world. My God, what God's generosity has done for us and what we have the power to do in showing others such generosity. For in doing so, we not only honor them, you honor their Father. You honor God. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You have been listening to the sermon podcast from Christ Lutheran Church in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. We are honored you joined us. If you're in Harrisburg, we welcome you to join us for worship on Sundays at 1030. To find out more about our church as well as the free health services we offer, visit our website, ChristHarrisburg.org. Our theme music is by Lucian Kemper. I hope today's sermon blessed you and you'll join us again. Until then, may God be with you.